Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? Welcome back to The Flex. We're live, boys. It's been a while. Good to see everybody. Welcome back into the Flex, the best fantasy football live show in America, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. Partnering with 440 Sports, you can find all that and more at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Boys, it is so good to see your faces again. It has been way too long not getting out and seeing y'all during all this pandemic crap. Fantasy football is upon us. Football, real football is upon us. And I couldn't be more excited. This is great. I, I, just so everybody knows, we're going to try to do this live every single show this year. We kind of morphed into that towards the end of the season, taking your questions. If you if you have something for us during the week, save it for the show. Don't hit us up on Twitter. We won't respond to you. I'm kidding. Chatty with Kathy over here, Justin Graver, will probably hit you up every time. <laughs> it is 15,000 followers. But no, come on to the show. If you're listening to this podcast, you're watching us on the YouTube, please come out to the show. And I'm frozen right now. Please come out come out to the show. Bring your questions to the live show. Interact with us. Love to have a beer with you. We'll have some live stuff this year from Broadway. We'll announce some of that later on as we get arms around that as much. couple notes before we start the show. Last year, we brought a lot of news. We kind of talked about the ins and outs of what was going. Y'all are smart. You found us because you're smart. You know what's going out there in the fantasy landscape. We're going to give you our opinions on the day-to-day. We're not going to tell you who's out. You know who's out. If there's late-breaking stuff, you can listen in on Sunday to the morning show with Justin and Zach. They'll lead you down the right direction and bring you to fantasy glory. All that good stuff. So we're going to focus more on positions, week-to-week, who we're going to start, give you the knowledge. And my experts are back with me this year. Zach, Justin, Greenlaw, how's it going, guys? It feels so good to be back. Like... We even kind of talked about in our chat, should we just get on and just talk to each other and see each other face to face? You know, this was like a month or so ago. We never did, but you know, hey, we're here now. We are saving it up for this moment right here. And we're ready. We're ready to be back. Feels great. Feels absolutely wonderful to see you guys in the live stream. See all our viewers. Go ahead. Feel free to say hi in the comments, you know, drop some comments. And we're, we're ready to do this thing. And listen, yeah. go ahead and drop your questions, too. Pile up the questions. We are ready for you. Maybe not completely ready for all the questions, but we're we're, we're ready enough. Oh, this show is super organized tonight. We're going to get it out of the way. But that's what I'm saying. We're going to find some, some better form this year to bring you all some better opinions, some better fantasy uh, football stuff. And this first show, we talked about it. Where were we going to start? How are we going to go about it? Are we going to talk about our hits and misses? I had so many misses last year. It was going to be a four-hour show, so we decided not to do that. So we're, we're going to get right into the meat of it. Uh, now, it's un, there's no doubt about this, that when it comes to real football, the most important player for an offense that drives it is the quarterback. Is that the same, Justin Gray? Let me start with you real quick before we get into all the the who's and what's. Is it as important in fantasy as it is in real life, or can you maybe think of it a little differently? Because points are points, right? I think that quarterback is not the main driver of a fantasy football team the way it is in the National Football League in real football, just because the way the scoring system works and 
the way the league is positioned nowadays as a passing league, there's so many quarterbacks that are within pretty much the same range. It can be a difference maker if you score someone late in the year. Patrick Mahomes a few years ago, Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago, Josh Allen last year, you know, late round draft picks who end up as QB1. That can win you a fantasy league. But for the most part, you know, the position could be you could it's a streaming potential position play the matchups and uh no i don't think it's the main driver but it is important to like know how to get value out of that position yeah just justin shared his notes before the show so i'm gonna steal something right from his notes right off the bat and that is you need to find this year's josh allen instead of finding that one quarterback and taking a quarterback really high you need to find the josh allen of this year and i'm gonna tell you who it is i got it right here in my notes for later in the show there you go. Yeah, exactly. He's in a steal. I mean, like I'm back in it, buds. I'm ready. I'm Zach, Zach is rip ready, ready to go. Rip roaring, ready to go. That's what I was looking for there. And he's, I can just feel it. He, y'all should see the group chat. He was stoked all day. He was talking about how he was going to steal everything. And then the engraver just lays down on a platter there for him. Yep. So this is going to be a very interesting show when we go for that. So let's jump right into it. This first category we want to, we want to get into is which player that ended the season as QB two, is going to be QB1. Before we get into that, Zach, since I think you've got the best handle, you're the, you're the one that proposed it, explain that to the listeners, what that means going from QB2 to QB1. So basically what it means is, is that a QB1, typically there's a 12, you know, there's a 12-team league, right, is typically what it is. So your QB1 is the a quarterback that ranks in the top 12. So what we're saying is that there's quarterbacks that either ranked outside the top 12, they're going to become a quarterback one this year, or... And in the next question, we're going to be talking about quarterback ones that are probably going to be quarterback twos this year that you may want to avoid. Gotcha. Just give a little clarity there about that, just in case anyone was thinking, some idiot was thinking that you're talking about starters to non-starters. I don't know who would think that when they're reading this. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is just for fantasy purposes, <laughs> fantasy rankings. Right. So, Greenlaw, I'll kick it over to you to kick us off here uh, with your who is your pick and, and tell us a little bit of why. Who is your QB2 that's going to be a QB1? So my pick is uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, obviously, he had a he ha- started off the season last year really, really well, and then he had that horrible, horrible uh, knee injury. And so what did the Bengals do? They didn't get him an offensive line, but they got him some more weapons. And they're already a really pass-happy team. They're above average in all their, their passing statistics as far as usage. And... I think he's gonna he's gonna get there. They're going to need to pass almost out of necessity. I think the offensive line still isn't amazing. It's better, but it's not amazing. And then uh, they got tons of weapons: Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and then out of the backfield they've got Mixon, who can catch it a little bit too. Um, I'm I'm just a big fan of I'm LSU fan, so I'm a big fan of Burrow, but I'm I'm a fan of what he can do in 2021. Hey. So I got a question about Joe Burrow. Are you worried that there's going to be like four or five weeks where he only scores like five points or less? You know what? That's that was like a big a, concern last year. It was. It was, was, it was huge. They, I heard a lot of people talking about how he might have like eight four-point weeks. And the only reason that happened is because his knee like wasn't attached to his body anymore. Um, but I, I'm not concerned about it going forward. There was an article in The Athletic that I re- saw today where they talked about how he wasn't very efficient in practice so far. But honestly, I think that's just a, a timing thing. I think he's still working through rehab right now. I'm not worried about him 
like as a confidence thing. I remember seeing someone say something about uh, it being a Mariota situation. Burrow is not Mariota. He does not lack the confidence that Mariota does. I don't think this is something that sabotages the rest of his career. Fair enough. I think it is a concern, though, because I, I read that, and I, I think I saw where he was making some Aaron throws, and your team specifically designed not to hit him, and he was favoring. I think the one that concerned me the most was the, when there was a pileup, and instead of him trying to complete a football play, he brought his leg up off the ground to try to protect it. And I get it. It's probably his first action he's had since the injury, or you know, first back with team drills, all those kinds of things. So he's going to have to get back into it. Uh, kid was a stud at LSU that last year. Uh, the concerns there are just can he come back from the injury? So if you're if you are an expert Greenlaw and resident LSU fan isn't concerned, then you, the fantasy viewer, should not be concerned either. And take this how you will. Jeff Schwartz isn't concerned, but I mean that that could you know change everything for everybody. But I will say this: you know he put out there is like he's he's testing what he can physically do, and he's not going to be gung ho right away, but. We've seen the pictures. We've seen him with a stogie and everything. This is not a man that suffers from a confidence issue. This isn't a quiet, timid little mouse like Mariota was. All right. Well, we'll just let that one hang out there for a little bit. <laughs> JG, why don't you sit and fill us in with your pick at QB2 that is going to finish QB1? All right. My pick is Tua Tungavailoa, the Miami Dolphins quarterback, former fifth overall pick going into his second season. Now, there are a few concerns here. He did only have one top top 10 quarterback week or top 12 quarterback week last season. That week he was QB4. There's not a ton of rushing upside here, although he does have the ability to run the ball a little bit. And last year, at least, Miami didn't have a ton of passing volume. But the training camp hype is out of control on this guy right now. And I usually don't like to buy into training camp hype. You know, you kind of have to sift through what's real and what's not. But... There are a lot of encouraging signs here. We have to remember last year he was coming off that brutal hip injury that people didn't expect him to even be ready for the start of the season, and he wasn't the starter then, but he could have played at that point, so he recovered rather quickly, but that was a, a pretty bad injury. It was also COVID offseason last year, no OTAs, no minicamp, none of those things that help a quarterback get acclimated. And Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator at the time, had this offense that was built for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So they ran Ryan Fitzpatrick's offense, trying to run it with Tua. Chan Gailey's fired. He's gone. They've promoted from within Eric Studesville and George Godsey, who are going to be co-offensive coordinators, which that we'll see how that goes. But, you know, sometimes two heads are better than one, right? So hopefully they can use that to have some consistency and continuity so he's not learning a whole new system, but tailored more towards his strengths. And he's also got all these new weapons. Former college teammate, Jalen Waddle, sixth overall pick. They signed Will Fuller in the offseason. He suspended one game for PEDs. Hopefully, he still feels the effects of those PEDs because he was really good when he was on the field last year. Um, he'll be back week two. And like I said, the training camp hype is crazy. You move Devontae Parker down to a wide receiver three role, Preston Williams, wide receiver four. You have these two talented guys on the outside. One guy who already has a great connection with Tua, who's capable of taking any play to the house for a touchdown. Those are two of his fantasy points every time Jalen Waddle does that. And Will Fuller, who can also run with the deep ball like as best as good as anyone in the league. So there's a lot of upside for big plays here if he can really live up to this hype that we're seeing right now. And the reason I like him is because of the price tag is so cheap. He was quarterback 32 last year. He's being drafted late this year. You can get him pretty much for free in the late rounds of your draft. Take a shot. 
I, I like the idea of his upside here. So I think he has a chance to finish as a top 12 guy. Wait, you don't forget that they drafted Hunter Long and they have Mike Jacecki. I mean, you're talking about a team that has Miles Gaskin in the backfield, which I'm real high on Miles Gaskin and the workload that he's going to be able to get because he's not going to have really anybody to fool with in the backfield. But this is you're right. The training camp hype is real and. I think that it's going to translate well because he's confident. And I think that's the big thing is that he's got a little swagger to him about this whole situation. And really, I it was down between Tua and my quarterback. Uh, and they're, all three of us have chosen SEC quarterbacks. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, it just means more. It just, yes, means, it just more. means more. To Texas, to Oklahoma, to Florida State, to Clemson. Whoever else is going to join the SEC. Uh, Greenlaw, has, has James blown your uh, cell phone up yet about just disagreeing with uh, J- uh, JG here about to a known resident hater, James Esparza? No, I, I'm sure we're going to hear about it in the chat afterwards. Oh, nothing gets that man harder than a, a bad Tua game. <laughs> the thing is, he's being drafted right now after Deshaun Watson. We don't even know if he's going to play. Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, we don't know when he's going to start. Ben Roethlisberger. These guys are all going ahead of Tua. So, like, QB 22 right now, current ADP. So, basically, if you're into that thing where you only, you know, draft one quarterback in the draft and just kind of, you know, pick up the things after that, that's maybe a guy that you guys want to target late in the draft. And, you know, sure, maybe he's QB 13 or QB 15, but that's still really good value if you're drafting him. You may not even have to draft him. I mean, think about that. He may go undrafted in your fantasy league. Yeah, the only thing that concerns about Tua is that it, I was always shocked when he took the Wonderlook test, how low he scored on that. Just he's not – maybe he tests bad. I don't know, but just that was very concerning for me. We'll see if he can turn it around here. But, Zach, you teased it. We're all, we all – y'all all picked SEC quarterbacks. Let's lead us into who your pick is. It's kind of an easy one. I'm not going to lie. When, when I chose this one, it was easy, but I knew that if I didn't choose him, JG was. And I wanted all the glory because it's Matt Stafford. I mean, come on. He's going to the L.A. Rams. This is probably the best all-around team. You know, it's not probably. This is the best all-around team he's ever been on. And let me tell you something. He was number 13 in stable quarterback metrics by uh, Warren Sharp in 2020. Goff was number 26. He was number 13. Number 13 on the Detroit Lions last year where they had literally... Nobody. I mean, it was it's a it was a champ mess. Matt Patricia was the coach, and he still overcame that. He overcame then, COVID. Yeah, overcame COVID. He defeated I mean, he's, COVID. He's like a superhero. I'm gonna be kind of honest. I think Matt Stafford <laughs> may be a superhero. And the good thing is that now Sean McVay, who evolves his offense every year, gets to evolve it like leaps and bounds because he doesn't have the anchor weighing him down that is Jared Goff. He can open up the playbook. He doesn't have to design these wide receivers to get open. Like the wide receivers just need to go. We're talking about deep threat. Matt Stafford is going to op- get open up for uh and Tutu Atwell, but Robert Woods more importantly. I mean, the whole playbook is going to be just amazing to watch. And not only that, think about this for a second. He's been in the league for 12 seasons. Eight of those seasons were with defensive head coaches. And the other four with Jim Caldwell. And those were his best years. 
Matt Stafford in the line's best years were under Jim Caldwell. Now he's going to Sean McVay. Guys, this is a no-brainer. This may be your QB one. Now I'm not there to I'm not ready to go there, but I think as if he stays healthy, QB five easily. And I don't know what his current ADP is, and I really don't care because you should be drafting him. Matt Stafford is a guy that you have to get, and he finished QB 15 with Marvin Jones and DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson and TJ Hawkinson. I mean, think of those names compared to Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Daryl Henderson, Tutu Atwell, Tyler Higby, Sean McVay. That's the most important part. Sean McVay. Don't forget about Deshaun Jackson, too, who has signed. I mean, how many games are you going to get out of him? Who cares, you know? He's going to give you at least three long touchdowns this year, and, like, one of those plays could be a game-winning play for you that week. The the way, I mean, I saw he was catching long ones in training camp earlier this week. So, like, Sean Jackson, great weapon. He's going right now as QB 13, 85 overall. I think that's totally a, a great range to to take your QB 1 and just, like, not even have to worry about it with – with Sean McVay there, like you said, the Rams. If he's under- not a top, oh sorry, if he's not a no, top no, eight guy at the end of the year, I'll be really, really surprised. Uh, I'd I'm, be very. We surprised. didn't even mention uh, mention Van Jefferson. Uh, oh yeah, who's a great third option. And look at this this way: the Rams rank. You speak of Deshaun Jackson. The Rams were twenty first in pass attempts over twenty plus yards and thirty second in accuracy on those attempts. Matt Stafford last year was seventh most pass attempts on twenty plus yards and he ranked twelfth in accuracy. And then he's going to Sean McVay. Like, did you all know that the LA Rams over the last two seasons only had nine passing red zone touchdowns over two seasons combined? And now here comes Matt Stafford, who they're going to be able to be less predictable in the red zone. This is it's a match made in heaven for I'm buying up all the Rams shares that I can. That's where I'm at. I'm at Daryl Henderson. I want him. Robert Woods. I want him. Cooper Cup, who's probably really has become a forgotten wide receiver. I want him. I want them all. Give them all. So I'm going to put my stamp of approval on one before we move on to the next. Since I'm not giving mine, I'm a, I'm going to decide with who I agreed with the most just to give my stamp of approval behind. And I'm going with Zach here because I really do think Stafford is one to target that could really elevate some fantasy football lineups, especially if you go some high skill early and then target him in those mid rounds. That I think that would be really good. Uh, so Zach, well done. You win this round. It's complete arbitrary, you know, I I thought it out, big equations, whatever you win. So moving on then, if we did that, let's do the flip here now, where you're taking someone who finished in that top 12 as a QB1, who's going to finish the season QB2 or worse. This is kind of a touchy subject. Zach, we'll stick with you. Who are you thinking is going to go into the dumpster this year? I I don't think he's going into the dumpster, but Lamar Jackson is not trending in the right direction. I think that continues, and I'm going to make a bold proclamation here. It's bold. Smaller words, please. This is J.K. Dobbins' team. I think that J.K. Dobbins, the offense is going to start running through him because they like to run the ball, obviously. And I think what has made Lamar Jackson special and fantasy viable has been his dual threat ability as a quarterback. And I think that it's less likely that you're going to see Lamar Jackson have the rushing touchdowns and rushing yardage he's had since he's been in the league which will make him fall out of the top 12 in fantasy quarterbacks. And let me say this. 
last year's fantasy was a mirage because the, he got he was trending in the wrong direction. He got COVID. When he come comes back from COVID, they basically have the easiest schedule to close out the year. And then you saw them against the Tennessee Titans. I hate to bring this up because the play offense could be harmful to everybody's uh, memories, but. We suck. The Tennessee Titans sucked on defense and they could barely score 20 points. And what they do to turn this around, they draft Rashad Bateman, who may be good, but they get Sammy Watkins and then nothing else. I just I just don't see it with this team. I know that they're the Ravens and they're they're they have a really great head coach. And they'll get some wins that they probably shouldn't have and still some stuff there. But you're talking about Last year, 12 of the 16 games that they played were against below-average defenses. And they still somehow dropped from the... Let me say this. They had the eighth hardest schedule in 2019 in his MVP year. And they had the 27th easiest schedule in terms of pasty in 2020. And they went from first in efficiency and first in early down success rate to 20th in efficiency and 22nd in early down success rate on a um, miles wide easier schedule. I just don't I just don't see it this year. I'm telling you right now, sell your Lamar Jackson shares as quickly as possible. He will not be quarterback 12. Greenlaw, any thoughts on that? I mean, I think this was Go ahead. I was going to say this is a little bold, but I actually agree with it. Uh, oh man, I was going to say sell your shares to me because I'm buying Lamar Jackson's bounce back year, finished QB 10 last year, finished QB 1 the season before that. I think his career average is going to end up somewhere between those two spots. So I think this year, you know, you're not really getting any kind of bargain because he's still being drafted as QB 4 right now, 38th overall, which is kind of high. Um, you know, there's. I would rather have Dak Prescott. We'll talk about a lot later and some other guys. But if he starts slipping in drafts, like I'm taking the upside that he gives you because he. This is still one of the NFL's most electric playmakers on an individual basis. And if the threat of J.K. Dobbins really is as big as Zach says it is, it could allow Lamar more rushing lanes. The Mark Mark Andrews had a really bad season last year. He bounces back strong this year. That could really help Lamar as well. And I think that they're trying to make more of an effort to. Pass more and more passing volume is not going to hurt. I don't think uh, his fantasy. I points. think it will because he's not very good at passing. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I, I fall on I him. Do, he's just not yeah. very good. I think being a good passer is you know part of being a good quarterback, and he hasn't done it. There's a guy that we're going to talk about later, or JG is going to talk about later. I think, and I don't think he's a very good passer either. But I, I think you got to pass to be a good quarterback. I don't think he's developed as a passer, and I think that's why he had a dip in stats last year. Teams were uh, selling out to stop the run and stop his rushing totals, and it worked. And I, I'm not so sure it's gonna he's going to be like QB5 this year. That being said, I wouldn't let him drop to like round 12. I, there will still be some rushing yards, and it'll help keep his, you know, his floor significantly – you know, high, but I, I wouldn't dra draft him in, in that like first tier of quarterbacks. Yeah. I think that if you're going to draft him, fill out the rest of your roster first. And then if he's still there, then you get him. Real quick before we move on, we've got a question from the chat. Is that a Mario, Jer Mario to Jersey framed? 
Green uh, Graver, I think that's for you in the background there. It's signed. It's signed. <laughs> was that during the draft that you got that signed, or was that before that? Yes, my mother went to the Mariota meet and greet and got it signed and then gave it to me and I framed it. Thank you very much. Regardless of what your opinions are of the quarterback and this time here with the Titans and, and whatever else, that's a cool thing. I would have that hanging up on the wall. Hopefully someone, if anyone wants to give me a nice little present, I'll take a uh, either Nate Davis or a Taylor Lewan jersey right here and I'll hang it up for you know, have this little blank spot on my wall taken care of throughout the season. So anybody out there wants to donate one, I'd be glad to have it. <laughs> Is it true that after signing that jersey, that's when the nerve damage actually started? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was signing, hit his elbow on the uh, no, that, on the table. That was just definitely, never definitely when the uh, when he got hit against Miami. Maybe yep. that was just a reaggravation of that autograph signing injury. Don't be silly. All right, so we've got Zach's uh, QB1 to QB2 to bring rein this back in. Uh, Graver, give us who your QB1 to QB2 is going to be. All right, this one I'm going with Kirk Cousins. Captain Kirk, Woohoo! Okay. We're seeing what's happening right now, right, with this whole COVID vaccine stuff. And, like, regardless of your thoughts on the vaccine, which you should definitely get vaccinated, um, Regardless of your thoughts, though, like as a quarterback of a football team, if you don't get vaccinated, your risk for just randomly missing a game in the middle of the season is pretty high. Kirk Cousins has finished as QB 11 last year. What's interesting to me is from weeks one through nine, he only attempted more than 30 passes in a game twice, and he was QB 23 from weeks one through nine. From weeks 10 through 17, in the last eight games of the year, he attempted over 30 passes in every single game, and he finished as QB3. That's pretty crazy for Kirk Cousins. I think what happened, he didn't finish as QB3, from weeks 10 to 17, QB3. For Kirk Cousins, though, I don't think that that's how Mike Zimmer wants to play football, and I don't think he wants Mike Zimmer to throw the ball that much. And the emergence of Justin Jefferson was huge for Cousins' value, but the defense was also awful last year. And Minnesota spent a lot of draft capital on defensive players. Mike Zimmer is a defensive head coach who I think was very hurt and offended at how bad his defense played and took it personally. And he's not going to let something like that happen again this year, which I think is just going to reduce his passing volume. And when he's not attempting over 30 passes, he's QB 23. I think that's the kind of guy that we're going to see for the most part this season. If he's out, if he's even on the field, if he gets, if he doesn't get his COVID shot. So I'm out on Kirk cousins. I don't think he's worth, drafting it all and just like let someone else take him we talked about this on the podcast sort of but the colts are in disarray right we're, we're not gonna talk about it on this show too much or anything but the colts are in disarray and on top of there all the injuries they got they are had the one one of the lowest or one of the highest rates of unvaccinated players like at this point in the fantasy season you need to be thinking about the players that could possibly be vaccinated and look at the teams with these rates and because that's going to hurt you. All it takes yep. is one person. That's all it takes. And that could, that could get you for two weeks. And, you know, it, it's hopefully maybe Kirk after this, you know, scare in Minnesota where like three or four quarterbacks got COVID or at least got uh deemed for it that maybe he, he'll go get that shot. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. 
Yeah, regardless of what your thoughts on are on the vaccine, getting masked, I'm I'm vaccinated. I have I wear masks still out because this Delta variant. I just don't know what's going to do. I'm probably at a higher risk than most of my younger co co-hosts here. Uh, I just lost a classmate uh, recently that I graduated with. So not to bring this all down, but just you know, please think about it. Think about others, all that good stuff, and then keep that in mind for fantasy too. Wow, this is a wet, weird way to bring it back around. But it could affect the, the season if this goes down. I mean, you have to keep this in mind. It's the world we live in at this point in time. I about lost it a second ago, though. Uh, Chris Alexander saying it was Graver's mom's fault. And just the implications that ran through my head during that. I'm sorry. I apologize for laughing in the middle of your 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 go there. <laughs> totally derailed that young man, that young Hawaiian man's career. Um, oh. but I do have a question for Greenlaw. So, Justin Jefferson... You know, obviously mm -hmm. LSU, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith is apparently coming back from the dead of wherever he's been hiding. Dalvin Cook, do you agree that Kirk Cousins is not going to sneak into quarterback twelve? Because I kind of feel like I kind of there feel wasn't. Like I think he sneak. I think he falls out of that range. But much like the guy I'm going to mention, I think it's a lot. A lot of other guys rising up, like whether it is some of these rookies or, like I said, Joe Burrow. There's a lot of guys that have the opportunity to take a step forward and get into that top 12. I I wouldn't be surprised if his numbers are still around where they were last year. I looked at some of his because he was he was going to be my pick. Kirk Cousins was, but I I was looking at his stats, his career stats, and in Washington he put up really good numbers, like similar to last year's numbers. And I realize that's not how Mike Zimmer wants to play football on offense, but it wouldn't surprise me if he had a similar season, but I do think he probably gets bumped down. And it, honestly, Kirk Cousins isn't a guy I'm drafting to be my quarterback one either. I, I just don't feel comfortable with that on a week-to-week -week basis. Well, Greenlaw, since you're on the big screen right here, I want you to stick with you. And who is your QB1 that's going to finish QB2? My guy is Matt Ryan. I really like Matt Ryan. I like the coach he just got in Arthur Smith. I like Kyle Pitts uh, that he got as a rookie. Um, I'll still be trying to get Calvin Ridley and Pitts in fantasy drafts. But uh, he did lose Julio Jones. And I'm like I said, there's a lot of guys that I, I like better going up. And he was on the cusp. He was, he was quarterback 12 last year, so it wouldn't surprise me at all for him to drop down just a few spots. There wasn't a lot of guys on this top 12 list that I thought felt confident in dropping them off the top 12, but he felt like a, a pretty solid bet that, that he wouldn't uh, hit that quarterback one status in 2021. You mentioned yeah. it's going to be difficult losing that big target that the Titans now get to play with. Well, I mean, to be honest, that you know, Julio wasn't there for much of the year last year, and he still was quarterback 12. And really, Julio never gets you touchdowns if you're Matt uh, Matt Ryan owner anyway, so why does it matter? Well, he could open I have to get my Matt Ryan or my Julio Jones shot. <laughs> I know, but he, he could open up the field for others to get touchdowns, which is why when we do receivers, some people might be high on A.J. Brown this year. I know Mike is just in love with what he's seen so far in camp from him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying – I agree with Greenlaw there. Matt Ryan, he's been kind of declining anyway. And you take away, even if it's not a big target that produced points, it was at least a big target that took away attention. And now others are going to have that attention. Ridley's going to have some more attention on him. His numbers are going to go down. And honestly, who knows what else they're going to be doing. He may have a bad year. 
And I actually like that one. That's going that one's gonna get my gold stars, the Matt Ryan pick. Cause I just I just think Lamar Jackson's because he's an avid listener to the show, Zach. You know it is. He's gonna hear your words. He's gonna take it personally, and he's gonna come out the first few weeks and be top three quarterback. And this he's gonna be able to ride that to a top ten finish throughout the rest of the season. Honestly, yeah. you knew sure. Lamar was doomed from the moment that he said he was gonna switch to number one if they won the Super Bowl. That was like yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. As soon as I heard that, I was like, well, cross him off all my list. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say stupid stuff like that. No. My only my only counter to this is that their running back right now is Mike Davis. Yes. I but I wasn't gonna say anything because Mike Davis is like gonna be the guy for my running back part like, later on. The thing is, Mike Davis was trying to handle a full load last year for Carolina and he like broke down like midway through the season and couldn't really handle the load after that. And I Arthur Smith is a guy who plays to his player's strengths. You know, when he had Derrick Henry, he ran the ball 30 times a game. Is he going to do that in Atlanta? Or is he going to play to the strengths of the guy who has led the league in pass attempts more often than he hasn't throughout his career? I think, you know, Matt Ryan is always in the top three of pass attempts in the NFL. And, and supposedly they have generational talent Kyle Pitts, too. I mean, that's what know, I'm saying. I don't see it, but, you know, whatever. We'll see I mean, he's talented kids well i mean it's more my my lack of faith in matt ryan than anything else um so let's let's go on i, I do seem to see a question in here from william leggett about dobbs homer ut question will he ever start for the steelers and i'm actually going to go the reason i'm bringing this up is because i know i didn't contribute to this my sleeper would have been ben roethlisberger because after however many years he's been in the league he is dedicated he is finally taking his diet seriously. It, who knows? It took a long. He's no longer eating the Big Macs and, and the double stuffed tacos. He's taking his diet seriously. He's going to come out on fire. Uh, that being said, it, all jokes aside, if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, he's. I don't think we're going to see Dobbs at all in that. No. Yeah, because I think it goes Roethlisberger, Rudolph, and then Dobbs, right? Or isn't there a third guy? I feel like they have four quarterbacks. Not happening. Duck Dodgers of the Oh yeah, Duck Hodges. There we go. <laughs> Won me a fantasy league two years ago. Duck Hodges. How could I forget? <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's go on to the sleepers though. Uh JG, start us off. Who is your sleeper for this season? All right. I don't feel great about this pick, but I'm gonna talk about it anyway because my pick is Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker Mayfield was quarterback 17 last year, and that's where he's being drafted as right now, according to current ADP. So, you know, that's that seems like fair value, right? I don't think there's a ton of upside because it's a another low-volume passing offense, but there is potential for a big bounce-back season here. In the second year in Kevin Stefanski's offense with Odo Beckham Jr. back, appears to be really healthy. If that's really the case, I think that, you know, it just ups the potential for touchdowns to happen out of nowhere because that's the kind of feedback that he has or the kind of uh, potential that Odell Beckham Jr. has that he could do for Baker Mayfield. Last year, there was a lot of games where there was really bad weather where they just couldn't pass the ball hardly at all. And that led to his lower finish as QB 17. Now that could happen again because he's still playing in the same stadium, obviously in the same place in Cleveland. So that is the potential risk. I don't know that Baker Mayfield is a guy you want as your every week starter, but I do think he has a potential for big weeks in good matchup spots because I think his efficiency could take a big leap in the second year in this offense with the return of Odell Beckham. Are you concerned about Odell? Yeah. Is it a good thing or a bad thing about Odell Beckham's uh, 24 carat set of teeth that he has now or something? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? 
it's a good thing, baby. You need that swagger. You need that confidence to be wide receiver one. I think Odell Beckham Jr. needs to get his mojo back a little bit. And if that helps, then I'm all for it. So he it is a really mid- bad thing. I want to tell <laughs> you right now, it's a horrible thing. He's already had a bunch of leg issues. You're putting more weight on those legs. Bad news. That was a horrible decision by Odell. And LSU guy, horrible decision by Odell. And, and should someone at his level of his career be spending millions of dollars to get swagger? Shouldn't he have already had the swagger? No. What what yep. happened to the swagger? I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know about this one. It wasn't there a watch he wore out there when like they played a whole game on like a a three hundred thousand dollar watch or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he got probably, fined he probably, for it. Yeah. He probably took that watch and put it in his mouth somewhere. I, that that almost killed me. I, I almost. Choked. All right, we can move on. I don't feel strongly about this pick. I, I almost choked my drink there. Green lost <laughs> the extra weight from his teeth. It's gonna weigh his legs down. It's heavy. That's it's the heavy kind of metal. thing you got to think about. Oh, it's really gonna throw his center of gravity off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. But I will say this: I I do think this is a a smart move because they kept all their tight ends. They have Nick Chubb healthy. They have Kareem Hunt healthy. They have a good offensive line. They have Kevin Stefanski in a proven system that obviously works all the time. That's quarterback friendly. I I agree. I mean, this is a sleeper. You're talking about a guy that's going to jump up pretty pretty easily and just probably be efficient. He may not be. He may not be like Ryan Tannehill flashy or Patrick Mahomes flashy, but you're talking about a guy that can probably be the next Matt Ryan. I think he'll be a very viable streamer most weeks. I don't. I agree with what JG said earlier. I don't know if I'm comfortable with him as the quarterback one every week, but you get a good matchup and you you have a guy out. I think he's he's definitely a good option. Derrick Henry's burner says Dwayne Haskins, not quarterbacks that are actually sleeping through the season. We're talking about sleepers, as in who will do well. <laughs> no, he was trying to say who we were missing. That was that was the guy from the Steelers. That was the Steelers quarterback. I, was missing. Yeah, I need some context with these comments sometimes, guys. I'm, I'm old. Give me give me a break. Good grief. <laughs> Speaking of being you know, uh, Zach, let's go with you. Who's your sleeper this year? Okay, guys. I know I did a bold move about Lamar Jackson. Bold statement there, but. This is this is could be the biggest leap oh. that you're gonna see from a quarterback from 2020-2021. Not saying he could be QB one, but he could at least be QB six, top ten. Jalen Hurts, baby. And let me say this. It's a deep sleeper. I get it. And a lot of people are down on Jalen Hurts because it seems like the team doesn't really want to commit to him and all this stuff. But the Eagles going into 2020 had one of the best offensive lines. They had Dillard, Suamalo, Kelsey, Brooks, and Lane Johnson. That group played zero games together. And they had a pretty good dynamic, you know, wide receiver. Maybe dynamic's a little strong, but they had a good wide receiver core. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and Jalen Reger. Zero games together. And still, somehow Jalen Hurts comes in... And in four starts, posts up scores of 19 points, 37.8 points, 19 points, 16.3 points. And it's the 16.3 was just in three quarters. He led all rookie quarterbacks in yards per attempt for 7.7 yards from a clean pocket. And let me say this. The last two seasons saw Lamar Jackson, QB1, Josh Allen, QB1, as fantasy leaders, right? 
And Hertz was a better collegiate passer than both of them. Objectively, a better collegiate passer than both those guys. And here, let me, I'm going to tell you why. Yards per attempt rose every year that he played as a starter. And in 2019, he had 11.3 yards per attempt, which is the third highest in for all collegiate passers since 2000. And for all collegiate passers since 2000, he's in the 91st percentile in career yards per attempt, the 90th in touchdowns to interception ratio, and the 77th percentile in uh, completion percentage. And he just got Devontae Smith. Chemistry, baby. Jalen Hurts, and he's got two tight ends. The reports are glowing about Jalen Hurts coming out. I'm telling you right now, this is a guy that you're going to be able to draft and it's going to be a quarterback 12. You don't even have to draft Jalen Hurts. No one in your league is going to draft him. Take this, draft, and don't even draft him. Just pick him up right after the draft's over. Yeah, please do not draft him. I would implore you, please do not draft Jalen Hurts. So Zach mentioned some of his passing stats. So these were his completion percentages in the games he, he played in last year. 41%. 56%, 54%, 53%. And before he got benched for Nate Sudfield, he had a 35% uh, percent pass completion. Well, to be Not fair, they were throwing that passer. game. <laughs> yeah, he was throwing the game for sure. Let me say this, though. <laughs> Let me say this about Jalen Hurts. That Eagles team was atrocious. And was. the offensive line sucked. They drafted Jalen Rager for whatever reason the first round. With Travis Fulgham, wide receiver one, is your wide receiver one. That's not a good thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't out. take any Travis Fulgham Sorry. slander Sorry. on this podcast. I knew, I knew that one was going to be met with yeah. a little bit of – That one cut a little deep. Yeah, right. I'm just – I don't think Jalen Hurts is a very good passer. I could buy on some rushing stats, but I, as a passer, I'm not, I'm not buying into it. Well, you mentioned it, the rushing stats. I think that, you know, when you're looking for guys that are going to take a leap like this, unless they're Patrick Mahomes and they become the best NFL quarterback of all time, usually these guys that take a huge jump, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, they usually run the ball well. Josh Allen had eight rushing touchdowns last year. You know, Jalen Hurts has a profile to be able to do something like that, especially with the the way this Eagles offense could be constructed, where I think, you know, I think they have a really bad head coach. <laughs> I think that... Their defense is going to be really bad. So I think that they're going to be trying to put up a lot of points and Jalen Hurts is going to have to play a little bit of hero ball and having Devontae Smith on the team, even though he's going to miss a few weeks here with the MCL sprain. I agree. I, I mean, you don't draft again. This isn't a guy you're drafting to be QB one, but a sleeper that has the potential to pop, you know, that you can get really late in your draft. Why not? Yeah, especially if you can pick him up after the draft. What's what's the harm, right? Because then you're you're slotting him in as your number two quarterback, right? So I mean, you're not counting on him being your one to lead your fantasy team. But if some time he's able to have a few weeks, especially the bye week, where he's able to get you twenty to twenty five points because he's got this great connection with Devontae Smith, then why not? I don't hate that, Zach. Listen, and I, if, if Josh Allen can go from the twenty first ranked fantasy quarterback to the sixth ranked fantasy quarterback in a season, why can't Jalen Hurts? We'll have to wait and see. Greenlaw, let's move on to you. Who is your sleeper this year? Real quick, I do want to touch on what JG said about their uh, 
head coach over in Philly, I do think it's a great point that he is terrible. I mean, this guy is the guy who's, you know, going into player interviews, asking them to play rock, paper, scissors to determine competitiveness. I mean, that cannot be overstated how bad he is. I, I think that is the way to only determine competitiveness <laughs> is paper, rock, scissors. You just go into job interviews and you just start doing rock, paper, scissors. Hey, listen, with the job force the way it is right now, I may resort to start doing that when I do interviews. Are you dedicated? Can you follow simple instructions? <laughs> yeah, you got to think, is it one, two, three, shoot, or just one, two, three? That is huge. So communication is key. That's a good point, Ryan. Ask, ask them what their thoughts on shopping carts and parking lots, and that's all you need to know about them right there. That needs to be your interview question, and you're done. Do they return the shopping carts? There you and go. You're done. All right, Greenlaw, go ahead. Uh, my sleeper is Justin Fields. He might not start right away because, you know, they got QB1 Andy Dalton. But once he does start playing, I think he's going to put up some nice numbers. They got a pretty solid offensive line. They've got really good uh, wide receiver in Allen Robinson. I, I like Cole Komet as kind of a sleeper pick at tight end. They've got some weapons there, and I think he's going to have some some nice rushing numbers as well. They, Matt Nagy, I, I don't like him as a head coach very much, but they did get Mitch Trubisky at uh, quarterback 15 a couple of years ago, and that's no small feat. And if they can do that with him, I think he could be a fringe, you know, quarterback uh, 12 here uh, in 2021. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, I just I just don't know when Matt Nagy's actually going to let him start. I think I think that's my biggest holdup with crowning Justin Fields anything. I think this is one of the worst situations he could have got drafted into. And I said that the night of the draft with 440 Sports when we were at live at Jasper's was, to me, the worst situation a quarterback could be drafted into is a lame duck head coach and a lame duck general manager. And... That he's going to have to constantly rotate because what it, obviously this ownership doesn't even know what a good head coach and what a good GM is supposed to do because they, they've squandered Mitch Trubisky. And granted, listen, maybe nobody could fix Mitch Trubisky, but they're already talking about how Andy Dalton looks like the best Andy version of Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton is amazing and all this stuff. This is a... It's just a situation I'm staying away from. I don't trust David Montgomery. I would probably still trust Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, but not enough to to invest in either of these quarterbacks. I'm I would not draft him to be to be fair. I would not draft Justin Fields. I think he's gonna be available in the waiver wire weeks into the season. But when he starts getting the when the news starts coming up that he's gonna be the starter, I would put him on my bench somewhere. I would pick him up after the draft, look at your roster, pick him up after the draft if you can, just hold on to him. Because I, I'm with you. I think there is upside, but you just don't know when it's going to be. Maybe you can wait till week two or week three, but you, you're you an Andy Dalton injury way, and he's pretty injury prone. So, I mean, you got to remember, we saw Ben DiNucci start a Cowboys game last year. And like you said – I think there's a chance Go Matt ahead. Nagy gets fired in the middle of this season. So <laughs> I think if that happens, that would be a boon to Justin Fields' potential upside. So, and even if it's not, you know, he like you and Zach both said he's a lame duck head coach. I could see him have like being forced to start just at some point because it's his job and the GM's job on the line. 
Right. Are you going to trust this team with Bill Lazor as its head coach or Juan Castillo? Hey, John D. Filippo's up there. I guess he could be head coach, but man, these are some. This is a bad coaching staff that I'm reading through right now. Oh, that Tom was smart Herman's of Matt Nagy to stack the uh, stack the coaching staff that way. They can't replace yeah. him with anybody. Oh my god! <laughs> no one's getting that job, man. So, <laughs> no. And I, I know I said I've been picking who my favorite pick was here as we've gone on. I, I, I'm kind of in a three way tie with all of you on this because I don't think I like anything over the others. I guess if you twist my arm, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurd, Zach. So Zach gets his second uh, gold star from from the, the host. Are, this is a good thing or a bad thing together. based on your record last year? I, I, I mixed it. It was like my Herbert call out last year that I better get credit for at some point in time and keep getting credit for for my call. But I think that Jalen Hurts has has the best because if you're talking about sleeper, I kind of I think that Baker Mayfield is going to be what Baker Mayfield is. So I don't I don't know if that's a sleeper. I just think he's going to be Baker Mayfield. Justin Fields may not get the opportunity. There may be some some incompetency there, and Jalen Hurts just may have the best opportunity to actually come from the depths and be a, a true sleeper. So that's that's why I'm I'm going there. So let's move on. We've, we've kind of gone through our favorites of QB1 to QB2, QB2 to QB1, our sleepers. Is there a quarterback out there that you're darling of the draft that you are going to say, you're going to look out, do all your research, you're going to target this person, see where they're being drafted, and you know that your strategy is going to try to take him before anyone else does and go from there. Let's talk about the quarterbacks you're targeting and why. Zach, kick us off. I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment. Because because my guy is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I know he's the most volatile quarterback, fantasy quarterback to ever want to say that that's who you're going to target. But this is just it's 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 like he's walked into a dream team, right? This is the team that he's been waiting for. It's his ninth NFL team, and this is it. This is this is the one, and it's the best offense he's ever been a part of. With the best offensive coordinator he's probably had since Bruce Arians. I will say Tampa Bay had the, the better one. But Tampa Bay's run game was non-existent when he was a starter. Tampa Bay's offensive line wasn't that good when he was a starter. Now he's going to a great scheme, a great offensive line. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, Adam Humphreys, Diami Brown. Like, this is... I bet Ryan Fitzpatrick walks around and is just glowing. I mean, he is just happy and giddy. And I mean, he is just, he's just in heaven. And I'm telling you right now, the Washington football team and this offense is going to match up with this defense. And you're talking about double digit win team. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be a huge reason for it. And there's no competition behind him, really. Like, let's think about that. I mean, every time that Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, there's either been Jameis Winston, he's swapped out. Is it Jameis Winston starting this week or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, oh, they drafted EJ Manuel over in Buffalo because they're idiots. You know, there was also that. And then you have, you know, he was here in Tennessee and he was pretty good. You know, you can't really fault him there. Then last year is like, Brian Flores really kind of fucked up what happened. With him and Tua. Tua should just set the whole year. Ryan Fitzpatrick was fine. Right. The offense, the quarterback was not the issue with that offense. The lack of run game was the issue. The lack of weapons being able to stay healthy was the issue. That was the issue in Miami. Ryan Fitzpatrick was not. And you know what? Ryan Fitzpatrick awarded me a lot in the uh, sit and start. 
and I'm going to ride with him here, and I'm going to actually target Ryan Fitzpatrick pretty aggressively in a lot of these drafts. If I feel like someone's about to take him, I'll probably snatch him up. I don't think you even have to because he's only going as QB 25. You could like That's load so up low. on wide receivers, load up on running backs, take a couple of tight ends, and wait till round 14 to take Ryan Fitzpatrick and, I, and I think up. that's crazy. I think that's crazy. I think that will change by the time that more fantasy drafts happen because you're talking about a quarterback that had 68.5% completion percentage. His best career completion percentage was last year. And this is just a much better team. And don't forget, he's played with Adam Humphreys in Tampa Bay. They already have a connection. And he's a Harvard man, so you know you got vaccinated. Right. <laughs> So no worries there about, about being having to sit out or forced out or being a detriment to his team there. Uh, move this along a little bit. We are kind of cutting close on time. I did promise the wife that we're going to try to keep it as close to an hour this year as possible. She does want to watch her vampire diaries with me or whatever else we're going to get into tonight. Uh, Greenlaw, actually, Greenlaw, I want to save yours, if you don't mind. Yeah. JD, who are you targeting? All right, this one's a no-brainer for me. It's Dak Prescott. He, I mean, he was QB 33 last year because he got hurt, but he was QB 1 when he was playing at the time of his injury last year. He's being drafted as quarterback 5, and I know Dallas has supposedly improved their defense, but under their new, under offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, they are a pass-first, pass-often team. They have three amazing wide receivers. I feel like I don't even have to convince anyone why you should draft Dak Prescott. I just think he should be going before Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, who are currently going ahead of him. He has as much rushing upside in terms of fantasy points, maybe not quite the same as Lamar Jackson, but he runs the ball plenty and he scores touchdowns. He scored three touchdowns in four games last year on the ground. He averaged 400 passing yards a game at the time of his injury. CeeDee Lamb has been a human highlight reel in training camp. Ezekiel Elliott, Believe what you want about Ezekiel Elliott. It feels like he is taking it seriously this year. He's really in shape, slimmed down, and feels motivated. It feels like in, like he's everyone's writing him off, and he feels insulted. And I think that he's going to take it personally and actually be a big help for this offense this year. Still have Tony Pollard behind him if that isn't the case. I don't know why I'm trying to convince people on Dak. I just feel like he should be being targeted high. Like It's worth the high pick because I think he's totally going to be that guy this year. He burned me last year, so... I'm kind of oh, hurt. He got hurt. The show, I think you said he was quarterback one overall last year, I think going into the season, and he definitely would have been had he stayed healthy. So, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't count that as a loss, really. Right. I agree. Yeah, I have nothing really to say there. Uh, um, you've got my gold star so far. I know we still have one more to go because I, I personally am going to be uh, targeting. I like it better than than Fitzpatrick. So uh, you're you're my you're my leader right now. Let's <laughs> see if Greenlaw can change my mind. Well, we got a question about him a little bit earlier, but my my quarterback to target is Ryan Tannehill. He was quarterback seven last year, um, and as you see, he's he's going as quarterback ten this year. I think there's a little bit of like a Ryan Tannehill Miami stink still on him, but he was super efficient last year and he got Julio Jones. I I'd imagine they're going to be passing the ball more. I, I I couldn't love him as a, as a quarterback or his fantasy potential anymore. Well, you got to think also Ferkser, right? I mean, there's no Johnny's so, Ferkser is going to get it. Josh Reynolds, Julio Jones. I mean, this is a team that Mike Miracles at Mike Herndon, he said, had 
at least nine NFL caliber wide receivers currently on the roster. Yeah, and, we got, and the Titans have, you know, Julio 2.0 and Racy McMath. So there's really no two oh. ways to split it. This is probably the best wide receiver group in the NFL. And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, he might end up being quarterback one this year. I mean, it is the best trio, right? There yeah. is no better trio yeah. that I can McMath, really think Julio, of. AJ, for sure, the best trio. Right. <laughs> and you also have the same amount of rushing touchdown potential here. You know, that read option that he does with, Der- with Derrick Henry when he keeps the ball, he, he scores every single time. So, like, mm-hmm. you know he's going to get you a, a handful of rushing touchdowns throughout the year. His floor is going to be 20 to 30 rushing yards on average per game just because he has that athleticism and he takes off you know, when on those bootlegs, when he doesn't have anything, I think that, you know, he's going to have things a lot this year, which is also good for him, but he's going to run a good bit. I think that's, he's, he's a pretty good pick. And he's going to have uh, Darrington Evans out of the backfield, catching the ball too. That was something that was, you know, missing from this pass offense last year, catching the ball out of the backfield. And he should, Evans should uh, be able to handle that. You know, there's a lot of good things to go here for Tannehill. There's a lot of good things. New OC, as Chris Alexander puts out, put, uh, points out in the chat. You know, it's just – I'm excited to see if the Titans, not to get into too much Titan talk, are going to actually spread it out a little bit more because I've been saying for years, I thought – I think Derrick Henry could be very successful running from a spread offense. I think that gives him more room. He's, I think he could be potentially more dangerous. You'll see more stiff arms on the edge. I really think they could – be a good thing and that's just going to completely open up the offense for everyone else and the main benefactor for that is going to be ryan Tannehill and greenlaw you did it i'm with well, you thank on. you i, I want to add on to the uh offensive coordinator stuff just real quick so i know you got werewolf journals to go watch but in <laughs> 2017 uh todd downing led a Derek carr with a broken back to quarterback 19 not only that that team also had 37 drops that is ridiculous that he was still quarterback 19 in my opinion because that's only seven spots away from quarterback one and now you got ryan Tannehill, derrick henry julio jones josh reynolds and anthony ferkser and aj brown most importantly and a solid healthy offensive line just saying this this could be the year it's exciting times. I mean, I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to what this means in fantasy to see you've actually can, can get some Titans players on your roster and think this, these guys actually could win me the, the game. It may be too balanced to really count on one person though, just based on how they fit it out. You know, you're going to have your Derrick Henry's you're going to target. We're going to running backs later on and, in these weeks, save a little bit for that. But Greenlaw, you you were able to, to edge out Greenlaw or uh, JG there just a little bit, even though Prescott, I'm personally trying to target him in leagues as well. But if he's not there, Tannehill's going to going to be there that one i pick as well so thank you very much ryan you're welcome sir and, and congrats on your win there uh thank you <laughs> moving I'll on have down a speech there. next week you have a speech next week yeah yeah well i don't know if you're winning the overall let's see i picked you twice and i think you're in the dead heat i think yeah it's two to one to one right now so we'll see who can finish off see if any ties you or if you can win this third one player that you're staying away from so there we've we talked about our targets who are we staying away from jg lead us off all right. This is not because I don't think he's good or that he will not be a QB one. I just don't like the value. And I'm talking about Josh Allen, who last year vaulted from a 
you know, mid-level quarterback with potential to one of the best passers and runners, dual threats in the league, a true MVP season, 4,500 passing yards, 37 passing touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns. Unbelievable year, really. But the thing is, I don't think that it's a sustainable type of production. I know they added Emmanuel Sanders this offseason, but number one, I'm worried about a little bit of COVID dysfunction going on there and Cole Beasley's insanity and all that stuff that's going on. Who knows? How many of those players? I'm not sure if Josh Allen is vaccinated or not yet. So we'll have to. I'm kind of monitoring that situation, but mostly I just don't think that he can sustain where he's being drafted. He's being drafted as QB two right now, and what's worse is 21st overall, and that's just so high to be taking your quarterback when there are options later that you that we really like. So I don't think he can sustain his touchdown percentage last year. He was at 6.5 percent. His first two years in the league, 3.1 percent and 4.3 percent. That's like half, 6.5% almost. I mean, that's not a, I think that he settles somewhere a little bit below that. I don't think he finishes with 37 passing touchdowns this year. So I think that you see a little bit of regression. Still going to be a fine quarterback, just not where you're taking him in drafts. So for that reason, I'm avoiding him. Now, that said, if he starts to fall, of course, pounce, but not as QB2. An interesting comment uh, that your mom got you a signed bills josh allen jersey and if that's the case watch out for josh allen to have some mysterious nerve damage it's not the case absolutely jersey too somewhere no no but josh allen did lead me to a fantasy championship last year so i appreciate him for that but that was as being adp qb 11 where he was being drafted last year you want to find as zach mentioned off the top you want to find this year's qb 11 adp who's going to finish as qb1 not last year's because Football is a game of ups and downs. I like to pretend that everyone just progresses linearly all the time, but that's just not how it works. You go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. He was very, very up last year. I think his career average is going to settle somewhere between where he was last year and where he was first two years of his career. Not that bad the first two years. Not as amazing as he was last year. So you see a little bit of regression. Defenses kind of figure out how to play him a little bit differently this year. And I'm just not – I don't think if that you, he can – If you draft him at QB2 and he becomes QB9, that's bad value. Right. It doesn't matter if you win your thing. It's just bad value. And it's, it's, it's not just about it's first off, it's always about winning. Winning is everything, but maximizing your roster to get there is the best way. And if you're taking Josh Allen in the second round, that yeah. is not maximizing your roster. And, and saying that Chris Alexander, please draft Josh Allen in the second round. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little rivalry uh, starting here on the show tonight. Greenlaw, the difference real quick between quarterback one, quarterback one, and quarterback seven last year was the difference of fifty points. That's in the span of a season. That's not worth taking, you know, fifty slots higher in your draft. Right. Great. Well, keep Greenlaw up there on the screen here. Run us through who you're playing. Your play, the player that you're staying away from, and I'll work on my English. I am staying away from Trevor Lawrence. I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I liked him as a prospect. Um, I like his receivers that he has, and I like his running backs as well. But I don't like his offensive line, and I really don't like his head coach. Um, I know Ryan hates Trevor Lawrence as a prospect, uh, so he's gonna. this is his gold star, most certainly. No way anyone's tying me now. Uh, but, yeah, I would just stay away from him. I, drafting as quarterback 14 seems a little bit rich to me when you can get a guy like we said earlier, Ryan Fitzpatrick as quarterback 25. I'd much rather have uh, Fitzpatrick 
Now, if it's a dynasty league, maybe we're talking a little bit different. But in a in a redraft league, I'm not taking them at uh, quarterback 14. Yeah, you, you're, you're tugging to my heartstrings again because you know you know my feelings there. You know, I think how much his college receivers uh, helped him out, and I just don't think he's going to be that accurate as people think he's going to be. And I don't think he's that special, but I may be biased and I may just hate him because of my Bama hate towards Clemson. But typically, I just I haven't seen what I what others see. I just don't see it. So we'll see. Yes, you put me in a in a bind here because yes, you you really I think you're trying to play favorites here when you're making these picks. Yeah, I think you know me a little too well. You knew uh, that well, I was. I didn't know there was a point system, and now I feel like okay, <laughs> that's this what is I was getting watch. at. Greenland did a great job of figuring out my that I was going to a point seat point uh thing here without even knowing and that i was going to do it because i announced it on the show live so green law way to think forward there before when you're making these picks all that's what you got to do you got to think a couple steps ahead well zach let's let's see if you can uh convince me otherwise with your pick if if you know you're playing from behind here can you can you hit a bottom of the ninth home run here well i'm going with jimmy garoppolo and let me let me say something and yeah, he was QB 39, but you know he's going to be in a Shanahan offense and everybody's going to remember that he had sex with a porn star, you know, a couple years ago. And everybody's going to be like, oh, this is the guy. This is the guy. And it's Kyle Shanahan. And yeah, Trey Lance is breathing down his neck. But here's the thing. Kyle Shanahan seems like the guy that's probably going to roll with Jimmy Garoppolo for a little bit. And it's going to be enough that it's going to entice you. You're going to see the ups and the downs. And you're going to be like, oh, I should. Maybe I'll draft Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and take up two roster spots like a moron. But you shouldn't do that. Just stay away from both because I don't think Kyle Shanahan's going to start Trey Lance until way deep into the season because San Francisco's team itself is good enough to win enough games to overcome the deficiency that is Jimmy Garoppolo. And that is an issue for when you're looking at fantasy teams. The quarterback may not be good, but if the team is good enough, he's going to stick around. And listen, JG says he doesn't buy into training camp hype, and I already see him shaking his head. It's because he saw a hype video already about Trey Lance. Not a video. Not a video. This is real. By no, the way, no, no, one no, clip. No, no, no. It's not the off, clips. It's not one, the clips at all. It's one the first report. Team clip no, the no, 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 no. Oh, listen. This it's real, analysts, Zach. No, the analysts want Trey Lance to be something that he's not. He, no, it, no. First off, let me say this. I think Trey Lance should start. But Trey Lance hype is is a mirage because let me tell you why. That one play that everybody got hyped up over the couple days ago was literally one play, and it was a specific play call just for that one play. It's like a Mariota package or a Wildcat package. It Don't care about the play. Bad. Don't and care about the play. And then on top of that, today I'm seeing you know the shots of him throwing in the end zone. Yeah, he should be doing that, and 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 as a as a first round draft pick against third string defenders. Yeah. Give me a break. Let's settle down. This is no. training camp hype that you should not believe because here's why. You are going to take a chance on Jimmy Garoppolo, then you're going to handcuff him oh, to no. Trey Lance because you have to, and then you're going to get your ass kicked in fantasy football. Don't draft either. Dr- let Trey Lance you know, just kind of sit out there. Don't be the person that takes a chance on Trey Lance. It's and, nice and of you to kind of – 
And let me say this real quick. The last thing I'll say about Jimmy Garoppolo is that I know that he ghosted Ryan's mom. I am just saying that he ghosted her, and I feel like I should get a gold star for that because I was playing the long game. I appreciate you parting through that California smog that those reporters are trying to put out there yeah. for uh, Trey Lance. It's tough to oh, see or breathe through that smog. No. Ghosting aside, I actually no, do no, that. no. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> Trey Lance, you have to. You got it. Look, I'm drafting Trey Lance in every league. That's all I'll say. Late. I don't think you How should draft Garoppolo. Have you won in your life? Absolutely do not draft Garoppolo. But Trey Lance, listen, the reports <laughs> coming out right now are real. These are real. They remind me of Russell Wilson, who Seahawks drafted in the third round after they signed Matt Flynn to that huge contract. And then the report, the rumbling started early in training camp, and then he played really well in the preseason. By week one, Pete Carroll had no choice but to start him. I think you're going to see something similar. These reports are legit right now mm. at a Trey Lance being, I'm drafting Trey Lance. The rushing upside, you talk about having rushing upside, Hundred percent. Awesome. When will he start, JG? Let's let's write it in stone. When will he start? He will start before week. Week five is the line, and I say he starts week five or some some thereabouts. <clears throat> week five. No, no. Which one? Week five thereabouts. Okay. No. Week five. I'll, I'll write it down. Week five thereabouts. <laughs> no. No. Week five. Thereabouts gonna... gives me one week either way. No, no, we're not. We're no, good. no, no. Let's, let's let's this. Be our first bet. I just locked it in week by week five or at week five. He's going to be the starter. Which is it? What? What's the bet? <laughs> at week five is the latest he can start. Latest. <laughs> earliest. Yeah, <laughs> you want to work on that and get back to me we're locked in to whatever y'all want to agree to and then change and then agree to something else later in the season like every other bet we did last year so ghosting comments aside and everything else going i'm actually going to award zach the win here because because I think this is the muddiest situation of those three quarterbacks. You don't know what's going to be happening. There's a whole lot of uncertainty. Trevor Lawrence is going to be that starter outside of injury. Josh Allen is going to be the starter outside of injury. Garoppolo, you may draft him anywhere in the draft. If he's not starting it by week five and whatever, then you've lost that draft pick. That's that's a bad draft pick. Stay away from him. I agree with everything that Greenlaw said about Trevor Lawrence. But he's going to be the starter, which means he's going to put up points, maybe around five points a game, eight or nine times, whatever Greenlaw wants to come or uh, JG wants to come up with there. So, I, you know, Zach, there's your win. But I think I miscounted. I'll have to go back and tally up the votes. But I think Greenlaw is the overall winner anyway. I got and, three. Do what? I have three. So I think did that. So I went. I went Stafford. So that's Zach. Then I said Matt Ryan. That's Greenlaw. Then I said Justin Fields. That's Greenlaw. Then I said. Uh, Ryan Tanhill, that's Greenlaw, and then you won the second one. So you, you said Jalen Hurts, bud. Roll the tape back. You're you said right. Jalen Hurts. I did. I did. did. So, so Zach, you're the winner. Wow. Wow. So hey, I want to give you a choice. JG. <laughs> JG didn't get one. Do this one. Somebody want to write a concession speech that he has to read live on the air to start this to start the show next week. Absolutely. Let's do it. Me and Greenlaw will come up with one. What, 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 what does Ryan's opinion have to do with any what what is this? Oh yeah, we're definitely doing it now after that comment. Yes. Y'all write the confession <laughs> speech. He's gonna read it live on air. I was right and about We do have a couple of questions uh over here. 
Do we have the little chat thing you put up there that you're showing me, Graver? This guy? Yeah, look. Where are they? I don't see it. That's a... I don't know. Never mind. There was uh hold on. How do I <laughs> Is that the question open? you wanted? No. <laughs> How can I even get down? Um God, there was one from I think William Leggett and Jacob Sane and all those guys. Well, I don't know this what restream is. You just, never but... did you never did clarify this. Technically, I think Jalen Hurts is the closest thing you can get to a Josh Allen because someone that's going to be really undraftable or maybe forgotten, and he's going to be way up there, in my opinion. This was one. Was that a question? Oh, that was uh, Daniel Jones was a sleeper, but yeah, I, stay away I, from all Giants. I don't, They're I don't call anybody stupid, but he did put it in there that he's a little stupid, and I think uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones is not someone I'm going near. Same. Cool. All right, guys. This has been great. It's good to see y'all again, even if it's over a computer screen. I missed y'all. I missed doing this live. We're going to do this live every single week. Come back. Give us your questions during the week. We're going to have our, your sit starts during the season. Let us know your, your thoughts, any draft questions as those are approaching. Hopefully, some of these training camp battles will be uh, – smoothed out and we can know exactly what's going on we'll give you our, our our best opinion on those but in closing this has been the flex be sure to check out all of their podcasts and articles that broadway sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com we are partnered with 440 sports follow broadway sports on twitter at broadway tn the show at flex on broadway follow zach it's right there on the screen or it was at f words pod jg at titans green lot rob on broadway me i think i'm ryan on broad Way, something like that. It's on the screen. Ryan on Broadway. I can read. Also, check out our Facebook and Instagram. Our social media teams are killing it right now. Absolutely killing it. Thank you for the epic beard comment. I do appreciate that. I'm. I have to actually trim it soon. I got a comment about it at work, so it's going to be going away soon. We'll see what happens there. Remember to subscribe and rate five stars. Go to our YouTube. There's some good stuff going on there. Get us a lot of followers so we can actually put some more stuff on there as well. But until next time, see y'all. Broadway Sports Media Production.